Don't you agree? Um, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's like it's like nighttime when we're recording this intro, so it's not really a beautiful day anymore. Oh, it's I know. I'm I'm totally. I'm just breaking the immersion for everyone. This is just what I do. I yeah. just, you know, Matt tries to come in here and you know give everyone a nice, pleasant time, and then I just kind of ruin it. Um, no, no, no. Why no, am no, I no. here? Who? Are, what? Who? Huh? Who am I? It's it's a question I've been trying to answer for many years. Well, you're Jenna McCorkle. I am Jenna McCorkle. And I'm Matthew Shoefrider. And you are Matthew Shoefrider. I just said that, but I'm Matthew Shoefrider. We're I think we're caught in a loop. Who's our guest? Juwan... Actually, you don't even need to say it. I know it. It's Juwan Perry. We went yeah. to Columbia together. Have you ever seen Juwan perform in one of the shows there? Uh, I don't know that I have. Or did you I, ever like, take a class with him? Uh, I think I had a couple classes with him. I don't think I ever saw him perform. Joan and I, uh, he was in my first ever acting class at Columbia. Uh, we talk a lot about that uh, during our interview. Uh, at the time, if we were recording this, he was about to start tech for Dreamgirls at Paramount Theater, Theater in Aurora. So Ooh. we talked a little bit about that. I know. Uh, about that as well. So here is my interview with Jawan Perry. Hello, Jawan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. It's my pleasure. It's all my pleasure. So one of the reasons why I want to have you on is when I uh, I just found you on Fa I saw you on Facebook during all these shows, and I had these flashbacks to when we first met, <laughs> foundations class at Columbia. <laughs> Uh, what do you remember about that class? I remember being like terrified because like it's your first introduction to like this collegiate theatrical experience. Right. And so I was super nervous. I didn't know what to expect. It was just like they were asking us to do these outlandish, at the time outlandish things. And I was like, what are we, what is this? Like, what are, what are we learning? Right. So that was <laughs> my memory of foundations. It was, it was fun. Like being around people, like-minded people, like people who wanted to do the same thing you wanted to do. If they were in different facets or different um, mediums, they still all wanted to create art. And that was interesting to me about foundations. But we had like so many students in that class who I'm gonna be honest, I don't think I've seen no. like <laughs> half of them anymore. <laughs> uh, it's nothing on them, but like I, some of them I think just left after the class was over. Because that class, like, I think they do that class to figure out who's going to actually do theater. Are you willing to deal with like the most outlandish things? And yeah. most people are like, no, I'm not going to build a model of a play I just read. Right. And we were just like, okay, why not? So yeah, <laughs> the few who decided to become the color or be a color on the floor got to go through, you know, yeah. be a, be an animal, find the, <laughs> the color blue. I'm like, what? Right. What is this? Uh, but you had some of my favorite scenes in that class. And I'm not just saying this because you're here, but uh, like you're, you did a few scenes in that class that I loved to watch. I'm not sure if you remember any of them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Scenes? Uh, so you did Love and Information. Remember that one? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. And, and then you did something else. I don't remember the title of the play, but you, I, it had, I think it was in the garage. You did with some other actor. I think I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name of the play either. Yeah, I don't know. 
Oh, I, I just, I love it. And what I loved about you in that class was we were all freshmen and sophomores, transfers or whatever. And, but you came in with the biggest confidence in the world. And, and again, and, I, and I'd say with all due respect, I, I love how you knew who you were and no one was going to tell you otherwise. No one was going to stop you. And I have to know, where did you get that confidence from? Or is that just all just you know, a huge display? It was for me, it was, it was kind of, it was nervous. So like when you're nervous, you do, you try to not make yourself feel nervous. I think it also came from the idea of like, I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. I, really, I, was, I really want to do this. Like, this is not a hobby. This is what I want to do. And I'd never been in an environment where I was allowed to just do it. Right. And this, I was doing it all day, every day. So I was like, I kind of want to take this really seriously. I kind of want to just do this. Like, this isn't the game anymore. Because in high school, you just go to class once a day. Yeah. Theater. I was finally doing it full time, every day, all day. And I was like, I kind of want to just do, I want to be good at this. Like, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. So it may have been that idea of like, I want to do this right. <laughs> Were you doing a show uh, during that semester? Do you remember? Not that semester. I did the one after that one. Okay, okay. I, someone, I just remember also someone. We there was our original room was like mm-hmm. a, was a theater. Yeah. And we we lost that room like halfway through because they had to take it for some show they were doing, and the teacher blamed someone in the class. Well, it wasn't like a this is your fault but it was like this is your show that we're ha- we have to move out of a new classroom now because you chose to be in this show you had to be this is your show uh but what the time? <laughs> <laughs> are you where are you are you in chicago right now yeah. you do yeah because mm-hmm. you're doing uh you're doing dream girls now I'm right dream girls yeah how's that going it's, honestly i've never done anything that I've been super like enthusiastic to do this show is like it's dream girls. Right. It's we're wearing three piece, like we get to be glamorous and like sing some of those iconic songs. I'm doing it at like Paramount. And I was like, I never thought I would work there. I was like, I auditioned so many times. I was like, you know, maybe it won't work. Maybe I won't work at Paramount. And then to finally get the call, like, hey, you're doing dream girls. I was like, this show at this theater, just like it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Right. Where are you guys now in the process? We're in tech. We have oh. uh, Probe tomorrow. And then Wednesday, we have our first preview. You ready? I think I'm ready. Right. I'm ready. How is the post, we'll say this lockdown, uh, life been like in terms of, because you were doing Ragtime, you were doing a couple different other shows around. Uh, what has it been like to just sort of return to semi-normalcy? <laughs> it was weird because in the pandemic we were all creating our own type of art right all about okay what do I want to create and so finally getting back to theater it's things a lot of things have changed as far as like the medium in which you audition like I can I don't know about you but like we didn't learn how to self-tape that no we <laughs> learned and so now having to like integrate self-taping into my routine and like how do I get the best light and it's it's now it's become harder mm-hmm. in the sense of like, there are so many people who are now doing the same thing you're doing and there's no more, you take your best piece in, they're giving you material to do and you're just hoping you get, you do what they, what they want to see or what you think they want to see of your interpretation. Yeah. 
So that has been the most interesting thing about going back to like semi-normal theater. Um, rehearsal processes are weird because we're all wearing masks and like yeah. COVID testing twice a week or three times a week. It's just really, it's not normal, but it, we're finally like finding this routine of like, how do we get through this, you know? Right. Don't I, I have to say that we're doing the self tapes. I really, I, I, I get why, but there are just days where you don't want to do it. And then you have to get dressed or you have to shower and you have to look presentable. It's like, ah, I really, there was a day I did my self tape at 10 o'clock at night because I was coming from work yeah. and I didn't shower the morning of, I literally just put on a shirt yeah. and I looked, and I looked at myself and I was like, I, I, I look like crap and I don't want to do this at all. So I had to literally shower and get changed. And some there were times I'm like, ah, oh, I, I hate I have to do this. It's a chore. Right? Because now I have to like set up the ring light and set up the backdrop and like make sure I don't disturb my neighbors. But also right. like it's the balance of like, am I am I performing for the camera or do I need to make this more theatrical? It's just this balance of like figuring out what what is the what is the medium? Like how do I calibrate this? <laughs> but but and I'm thinking like, well. Auditions weren't this hard or this much of a chore uh, pre-COVID, were they? Oh, like we just take our books or take your best audition, like your best monologue and just go in the room and do it and go home. Like it was so easy. The waiting was the tedious part. Yeah. But now it's just like, now I wait months to hear back about a self-tape. So it's gotten a little harder (laughs) to like, to sustain. Yeah. You do it. Well, speaking of hard and, and life, let's talk about young Juwan growing up in Arkansas. <laughs> what were you like as a child? For I was I was very shy, mm-hmm. um, very reserved. I didn't really like. I wanted to be a playwright. I wanted to write. Really, writer, yeah. And that was perform. It was all I wrote. All these like I would write skits for school. I was writing skits for church. Um, but a career in the arts wasn't something we I knew I could pursue. So my original idea was I'm going to go to college and go study journalism and be a journalist. Mm. That was my idea of like, that's the closest to art I assumed you could get. And so, yeah, I was just very, wasn't, I was not very outdoorsy. I was very inside all the time, loved music. And that was pretty much my life. And my grandmother and me, and my grandmother were like, we would sit in the house and cook and eat. <laughs> that was it. Mm. Did you sing a lot? No, I sing at church in the choir, but I was not very, like, I didn't want to be at the front. I was like, no, I just want to sing in the back. And my grandmother made me sing. I think it was some event that she was like, you're going to sing this Sunday. And I was like, I don't want to. And she was like, you're going to do it. And I was nervous and I sang it. And she was like, look at that. It wasn't so bad. And I love the way it made me feel Uh because something about singing and like, it's like, it's like, you can say all the words you want to say, but once you sing it, it releases this feeling off of your body. And so getting the chance to sing alone and release all this like stress and energy that comes from like being being a kid and being like dealing with life. That was the first time I felt free. Mm. And that's so funny because we were just talking about how, when I first met you, this giant confidence and this, (laughs) and that you brought in. So to hear you talk about how shy you were, what are you, again, that's unbelievable to me that this is like a complete 180 of you. Yeah, I just didn't like, I was always shy because I never really liked attention. I didn't want to be seen because I always was thinking like, I'm not good enough. No, I should not do this. Like, let me stop that. And then once I found 
that I, I could, I had a voice and that people wanted to hear what I had to say. And that like, there was nobody else doing what I was doing. And if they weren't doing it, they weren't doing, they weren't doing it the same way I was doing it. I was like, Hmm, I maybe have something interesting that people want to see or want to hear. And why not go somewhere and study what I want to study and really just do it and go no holes bar, you know, just like put everything I got into this one thing and hopefully it sticks and hopefully people like it. And so that confidence came once I realized like, Hey, I kind of do have something to say and people are kind of liking it. Maybe yeah. I'm kind of good at this. I don't know. Was your family at all associated with the arts? My dad wasn't, was a bassist. Okay. My mom was a singer. So my dad played all throughout church and he would play like blues. And so I always heard like Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. I heard a bunch of country music because I'm from Arkansas. So like we were hear all these different types of music and I loved every genre. I, I was just like, no, I don't want to sing. I don't really like it. Like, I don't know. Like, is it something you can do for real? Like it's like, is art fun? Like, is it cool? And my closest thing to like the art was me writing. And I would write these short stories and like we would read them at home and my class would read them. And I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I kind of can do something adjacent to the arts. Mm. It doesn't involve music because I'd seen it all my life. Do you remember any of the stories that you wrote about? Yes, I wrote one about, it was one about this girl who lost her necklace. It was like, it was based on a true story about this boat that, sink, that sank in the Mississippi River. And it was like this Titanic-esque story of like, she loses her lover to the water and like, she has this connection to the, this is really, it was a really like, like, <laughs> what's the word? Um, Fru-fru story that I just made up, but like, I was so invested in like the stories I would write and I believed it. I was like, this is real. I'm a writer. This is like, a, I would just sit on my computer and type it This all is real. I'm a writer. <laughs> like, I love, I get writer. It. I, this is the greatest thing I wrote of all time. I'm no like, one wow. says otherwise. <laughs> I think, wow, I'm really like, I'm JK Rowling. I'm some of these, I'm these <laughs> amazing, I'm these amazing book writers. I would sit at home and I'm writing these amazing stories. Like, wow, like nobody's done this before. Yeah. So then what switched to acting? Well, my original, my original major at Columbia was playwright. Really? See, again, did not know this about yeah, it was a, I was a playwriting major. I was a playwriting minor with a theater major in theater. And then I got the BFA and they were like, you have to, like, you can't do both. Right. And I was like, okay, I know I, I can't do both. So what do I do? Do I go straight to writing and stick through that? Or do I study musical theater? And do and just keep writing as my hobby because I think I'm good at it. Yeah, and I made the decision to do theater like full full force. Mm. How did your parents feel that you told them that you want to perform? <laughs> my mom, they they were always just nervous. They were just like, "Is this like? Can you sustain? Like, it's it's one of those careers that isn't secure. Yeah. There's no security from this." And I I remember telling them like, if I wanted to be if I wanted to find a job where I was secure, I would be a banker. I would go to school for account. I would go find a job that I knew I could make a lot of money, but it was never for the money for me. It was just something I love to do. And I think once they realized that like, he's good at this one, but be that, that I am kind of sustaining myself through it, then I take it very seriously. I think they both kind of, they kind of eased up and understood like, okay, he actually loves this. This is not just something he does for the money. He'll be fine. Was there a show that they saw that made that made them finally, you know, click I together? I saw my first production of Ragtime. Mm -hmm. I did it during school, and they were like, 
they both came they were just like this was this was a really a really great show because the audience was full and like they never seen something as theatrical as that like there was we had like musicians on stage and like the orchestra was there and the seats were, like it was just very the ambiance was there and they finally saw like whoa this is this is what you want to do it's not just this high school thing yeah like this is what you this is really what you want to do and they saw how good I was at it and how invested everyone around them was in the show I think they understood like hey like this this isn't this isn't a joke anymore this is for real yeah was the arts and you know, we can just seem and say theater uh was it big around in arkansas and or oh, yeah i was gonna say was that one of the reasons why you came to chicago just because of the huge theater thing the only place you could find theater was like tennessee memphis yeah was the closest we had to theater and they were all like these broadway tours so i remember going to like see like i saw newsies on tour i saw all these make great shows on tour and i was just like i like it but i could never do it like i could never do that I would, yeah. go home and, I would go home and tell my mom, like, I saw this great show and I loved it. And she was like, do you like, did you like it? I was like, I loved it, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm made out for that career. I don't think I'm good at that. Mm. So, yeah. Made out for it. Was that, was that just you telling yourself that I can't do it? Yeah, it was me. It was me like downplaying myself, but also thinking I couldn't get out of the situation I was in being from Arkansas. Yeah. Gets out doing theater. You either leave being a football player or you leave because you had like you leave with a family and you go away with your family that you've made. Mm. No one just gets out. Right. And then here you are being one of the few people who's like, I'm not gonna do any of that. Not gonna do any of that. And so when I finally like I my junior year of high school, we started we had a theater program and they we did like a national theater association thing. Um and he was like, I think you should sing a song. And I sang a song from uh, Songs for a New World, and I played super high at the competition. Yeah. And and I was around all these kids who like did musical theater, and I was like, "Are these my people?" Like I finally felt like I had a community of people who understood the stuff I liked. Like I would research theater all the time and like the shows, but I never was like I never wanted to like divulge myself in it because I never thought I could do it. Mm. And I what? finally got. I met these people and they were just like, you're amazing. We love you. You get us. Like you find, we get you. Yeah. I felt, I felt seen for the first time. Wow. What shows were that really, that you saw when you were doing this research that you were like, oh, I want to do that. Or I, that looks up my alley. One of my best friends showed me the movie Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. And I was just like, whoa, this is really good. Yeah. So what else was I watching? We saw... Cause a lot of stuff we had to see were either the movie musicals that were made or we had to drive hours. I remember I right. saw Beauty and the Beast and I was like, whoa, this is a, it was a high school production, but like their production value and the quality and the investment work those kids did to like tell this story in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, these are kids who are my age putting up like, doing shows at this caliber and I was like I think I kind of like want to do this and I would just go home and like google research and I would know the playwright I would know who wrote the music I would know who was the lighting designer I would know all these details because I would sit there for hours on hours just like googling I would go on YouTube wormholes of like who else sang the song because I was so I loved it so much but I never thought I could do it I yeah. just love the idea of like these people actually get to do this every day 
that was mostly my brain. Right. <laughs> so I want to I want to be in the room with you for one second. We're gonna go back to Columbia. Yeah. And I remember that first show that you tried out for that you made it in. Mm-hmm. What, what what was the show, and what was the mood before and after, uh, getting cast? The first show, the first show I actually got at Columbia was um, directed by Madison Kennedy. It was um, um, what's the name of the show? Someone should somebody needs a drink. It was something like something like twenty. I think it was twenty something or something. Okay. Like, and I went in and she asked me. She was like, "I want you to come and sing the song um, at this audition." And I went and sang the song, and I was just like, oh, like I was, it was good, but I could have took the note better. I could have did this better. And then she texted me, she like, I think you're perfect for it. Mm-hmm. You got to do it, and I did it. And it was the first show my family actually saw me do at Columbia. It was in um, the building on Congress, like the fashion building. That yeah. Was, it was like this old, remember that big room, the white room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in that room, but I, I had never done anything like that before. Like it was just a song cycle. And we were all just in there just singing these songs and like building stories based on each song. Like these were in scripted moments. We all were just, how does this song make you feel? What do you, when you hear these words, what are you actually saying? Who are you talking to? We took these songs and made them something. And that was the first time I was like, wow, this, I could do this and do it my way and tell my story, even though I'm, I'm telling, even though I'm under the umbrella of somebody else's story. I can also integrate my story in there some way. That's cool. Yeah. And what, what, what's something? Now here we are in this transitional—not even transitional year, but like we're, the theater is transitioning uh, a lot, which is wonderful. And what stories are do you want to see, or do you want to be in more now? I want to tell stories about people who never get stories told about them. The kids you see, the kids who are like the outcasts, we always see them, but we always see them like the Dervin Hansen has this, he's an outcast, but he's like, he's the one who stirs the pot and he's the drama right. of the show. Why can't he just be innocent? Why can't he just be happy? I want to tell stories about joy. I want to tell stories about three-dimensional people, people who, who have every human emotion possible, who maybe they do something wrong, but they're there's redeeming qualities about this person. Nobody's just bad. Nobody's just happy. Why are they this way? And I feel like a lot of stories are very two-dimensional in the fact that they just give you, okay, he's sad and that's it. Mm-hmm. I want to know the history of a person. I want the show to divulge us into their world. That's what I want to see. Would you ever consider writing what about that? I've thought about it. I've actually considered it. It's just so hard. Yeah. Writing shows and musicals are so hard because you have to like find the perfect formula of the book has to also complement the story and yet you can't say the same thing you said in text-wise in the lyrics so you want to make sure you're saying something similar to what you spoke about but not the same it's just a weird slippery slope I've written a bunch of treatments for shows mm-hmm. and like stuff I would love to see but nothing's really I've not really just finished anything I'm, I'm big I'm always the person who like starts something I put it as I put it aside but never finish it for sure I just start like I need to fix that. <laughs> It'll come back. Uh, right. so, I, I, so we can talk about Columbia for hours and you know, we can talk <laughs> about the highs and the lows of it all. Yeah. Uh, what's something, and, I, and, I, and I'll give Columbia this, that 
it really does set you up for the bit for any business, whether we are in the arts or a different major, you know, it really does set you up uh, for what the real world is like. Now, just getting through that and dealing with <laughs> everything that comes with it. Um, what's something that the, uh, we'll just say college that college was right about and what's something they were wrong about when it comes to your profession? college is right about that you're always going to be tired yeah that it's not that this career is not easy because in college you know you're doing it but you're also doing regular 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 people stuff so you're also doing the math classes and you're also doing these things and you're in the city so you're going places and you're always going to be tired Mm -hmm. one thing they they didn't get right for me was that there has to be a niche that you have to fit into one thing and i think a lot of like theater schools want you to be this one thing you're the leading man you're this you're that we're we're all capable of being everything because we're we're perform we're actors first off but like no one person just one singular thing to somebody's in somebody's stories someone is the leading man yeah so i just that's, that was the thing for me that college just didn't quite understand how to they i think they were trying to figure out ways to market you and make you marketable but with that comes a sense of like downgrading your talent mm. and the fact that like, oh, well, you're, you're, you look like this. So you're just a sidekick Well, you look like this, where you're the leading man versus in somebody, in my story, somebody, somebody else's belief, you know, just in somebody else's story, you're always going to be a different character. Yeah. So, yeah. And we all come in, you know, again, we're, when we first met, we were all a bunch of random, you know, <laughs> 18 19 years old uh like who you can look at anyone in that class and maybe just anyone in general in that department where they could they could lead they could have led their own thing you know uh god we had so many freaking people in that class again that foundations class for example who i would pay money to go see Mm -hmm. uh, in person open a show you know yeah oh so good so post-college, you graduated from college mm-hmm. and you, you step into the real world. Talk me through it. Where was the real world like for you? Did it really hit you? Did it, you fall on your face? So the thing about Columbia that I loved was that we were allowed to audition and kind of immerse ourselves in the, like, the theatrical real world. Yeah. I already had like, I've been doing things while I was in school that was kind of like, it helped me have some kind of resume to fall back on once I was once I was separated from the collegiate environment. So I had a couple people who knew who I was in the rooms. And I'd also been auditioning for these people who I didn't, maybe I didn't book the show, but they had saw my face enough to where when it was time to go out away from Columbia's like umbrella, they kind of they knew who I was. They were like, oh you're the guy who came like three months ago. Yeah. Song that was really good. You were in school. Are you done with school now? Okay, so now now we can actually talk about things because now you're not a student, you're an adult. Mm. And I think that's that for me was what helped me was having that like those couple of things on my resume that weren't just Columbia credits. Yeah. Um I didn't have them, I didn't, I don't remember the falling on my face where I took a lot of contracts just because I wanted to have something. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily happy with what I was given. But it was like, I need to have a job. I need to have a job. I need to have a job. Versus, do I actually want to do this job? Will I be happy? Will I have fun? So that was 
one moment after graduation, I was like, I got to figure out what I want to do and what stories I want to tell. Because every story you can, I can tell plenty of stories, but do I want to tell the story? Is it benefiting me as an artist? Is, am I being fed? And can I do the story justice? And at that point after college, I was just like, I need to have somebody's job because my bills have to get paid. Like I have to work. Yeah, right. Like, so I think that was something right after graduation. I was like, I need to, I think it's, I think, cause you know, we graduated 2019. I graduated 2019 right before the pandemic. Uh. So I had a couple of like, I was like, okay, I have these jobs lined up. Things are about to pop. Like I'm going to I'm going to do all these great things. And then the new year comes and that didn't happen. we get locked down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so during that, during that lockdown, I had to figure out, okay, Joanne, you weren't happy with these last shows you did at the end of last year what can you do now now that we're sitting down we're sitting still you're at home every day you have to figure out what stories you want to tell and how to, how do you know that you can tell the story better than somebody else mm. or how do you know that you can weave into the story something that's never been done before so I, think I, I was going to say to that, to that how did that go for you did you did you bring something new not the sound <laughs> old and philosophical yeah I did I found something new I found I found a, a great like music musician partner like me and him he just understands my musical brain mm-hmm. and we met each other before the pandemic but during the pandemic we got really close now he just understood how to bring something new into into old things how do you take this song that's from 1902 and make it sound, you know, make it sound like something you were here in 2022? And so finding that that friendship and that partnership really solidified that 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 newness, that freshness I was itching for. And it also made casting directors look at me in a different light because they were like, hmm, he's not, we've heard this song sang before. Oh, we've seen this monologue performed before, but we've never seen it like that. Mm-hmm. And then I also, during the pandemic and during the, the lockdown, I went to a six-month acting intensive because I realized doing MT at Columbia doesn't really give you all the acting stuff that you would like. You don't take an acting class in, with the MT program until your third, your fourth year of college. The MT program, what is the MT program, just for people who don't know what that is? Music theater program at Columbia. Oh, okay, duh. <laughs> go through all three years of college doing mostly like music, dance, music, dance, music, dance. And then your senior year, you're like, I haven't really done a monologue. Mm. I haven't really dissected, I haven't done text analysis. I haven't really, I haven't really taken time out to figure out how do I tell us, how do I not have to sing a song and tell you a story via a scene? Mm. And so with that, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something that could help me be an even better storyteller. And so I found this acting program in the city that was six months. It was very expensive, Ooh, very expensive. <laughs> but I found this acting intensive that gave me everything I needed. And they, they, they understood that I was a musician, but also that my storytelling was great with music, but how do I take that? How do I strip the music away and give that same storytelling when it's just me talking mm. so yeah that's awesome yeah how does your family or your parents feel about uh are you you think well we'll skip to the question before we go into our game um are your parents proud of you i think they are yeah. i think they really are i think they're 
I think they're proud of me just because of the joy I found yeah. in my craft and being the first person in my family to do something like this radical, to do something that isn't normal for people where I'm from to do. I think they're, they're proud of me and can say, my son followed his dream. Mm-hmm. I, think that's what I think that's what it is. I think that's awesome. Well, we have some time and we're going to play a game. And this game is called Time for Two. <laughs> two minutes on the clock, two minutes of your random uh, icebreaker questions. Perfect. No right, no wrong. Just curious to see what your opinion is. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. In three, two, one, go. CVS or Walgreens? CVS. What do you like to put in your coffee? Oat milk. Favorite kind of tea? Earl Grey. What topping should not belong on a pizza? Pineapple. <laughs> Who is the greatest game show host of all time? Ooh, I have to say I love Steve Harvey. Nice. Uh, do you have a MySpace page? I did. I don't have it anymore. I wish I still had it. Is it DJ just someone who's good at iTunes? Yes. <laughs> a great shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> That was just so nonchalant. I love it. Yes. Uh, Brendan or Brandon? Brendan. Is there a language you wish you could learn fluently? French. What chore do you absolutely hate doing? Laundry. Uh, The best part of waking up is? Folgers in your cup. Uh, What part (laughs) of the human face is your favorite? Nose. Karaoke song of choice. Ooh, Crimea River. What is in your fridge right now? Eggs. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Scramble. What is your name? Juwan. What is your quest? My quest is to do the impossible. Where, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? A what? <laughs> <laughs> Move it on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you put ketchup on your hot dog? No. Uncle Joey or Uncle Jesse? Jesse. Alligators or crocodiles? Crocodile. Are you legally blonde? Yes, of course. Two for sandwiches. Sandwiches. Fork, spoon, or knife? Fork. AC or DC? AC and DC. Hey, that's <laughs> how we play the game. Oh, that's I love that. Yeah, it's a great party game. I think people just have to bring it to parties more often. <laughs> it's awesome. Joanne, I can't thank you enough for having time to come on to talk with me. It was great just talking to you for the first time in what feels like years. Yes. Uh, it feels like so long. Uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> if you want to see Dream Girls at Paramount Theater, it opens August 31st and runs till October 16th. Go to ParamountTheater.com for tickets and more information. My thanks to Jawan Perry for coming on and spending some time chatting with me. It's always uh, fun to check in or catch up with former Columbia students who you uh, we took uh, classes in. Won't you agree, Jenna? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I was definitely listening while you were talking. Oh, sounding about that time you became you had a, a, a job as the guidance counselor at Columbia. Yes, I in fact was a, I went from student to guidance counselor immediately at Columbia. What a success story. 
Yeah, I'm the person you talk to to make sure that you're on track to graduate. Um, and uh, I will just continuously tell people over and over that they are not so that they will keep coming back to Columbia for more semesters and giving the college more money. And because, ha, 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 ha. You, and because of you, that college has made so much money. I know. Well, listen, you know, I had to pay many tens of thousands of dollars to go there in the first place. This is just my way of uh, of making it back. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah, it's, it's just the way it works, buddy, boo-wee. Absolutely. All right, folks, next week. Next we week. Have... Next week. Well, yeah, next week. Um, who is next week, Matt? Uh, radio host and author David W. Burner. Cool. I know. You know what's even cooler? Uh, is I, I, I think I know. Might, might I take a guess? Only if you answer it in the form of a question. Okay. Um, what is our Facebook and Instagram at Parents Proud Podcast? And what is our email that we so desperately want you to send emails to? Uh, parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. I'll say it one more time parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us anything. You're I don't care. Right what on the it board, is. my friend. I, I literally don't care. You can send me like a picture of a horse. I, in fact, please send pictures of horses to our email parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if I do not see uh, horse pictures in our inbox, I will quit the show. Please send us a horse. Um, uh, yeah. Challenge issued. Um, bye, everybody. I like how zany and off the wall they, these intros have now become. I mean, you gotta you gotta spice it up. Give it the spice of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Is this is this still all part of the Juwan outro? Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> what the hell is happening? I It won't end until you say bye, too, Matt. I have said my goodbyes twice, but you have said nothing, so we can't end the episode yet. My bad. All right, ready? What? No, you still haven't said bye. <laughs> we still can't end the episode yet. Bye, everyone! Goodbye! Oh, my God. <laughs>